Hello, hello. Hello. We are here this morning with somebody that we work with often. (laughs) Very often. And sometimes more often than others, depending on the season. Yes, yes. And we both love her. And she is an intricate part of our business. Um, Miss Justine Laurie. Justine is somebody that I would say somewhat rescued me. I didn't have a ton of you know, issues with accounting, but I also didn't know what I didn't know in starting a business. And I didn't know what systems to put in place. I didn't know how to properly track everything. I mean, I used QuickBooks, but I didn't know what reconciling QuickBooks meant. Mm -hmm. Um, And finally, after a couple years, I'm like, you know what? Somebody else could really help me with this and do a much better job. And it's one of those things I felt was important to to delegate out and it has been worth every single penny. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, You don't know what you don't know. And then also like admittedly, this is not where I thrive is going through the details and the accounting piece of my books. Right. But it is a thousand percent necessary for any successful business to have a CPA and somebody, you know, and trust. And what I love about Justine is that she also is so great with her clients, right? She she loves us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, feel, I feel it reciprocated. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and she's just a really great person and wonderful to work with. Before we had Justine for a year, we had an accountant. And um, I felt like when I would ask questions, she would be very defensive. And I simply was like, listen, I don't know any of this stuff. So I just needed it explained a little bit to me so I can understand in simple terms. And that relationship really um, kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I was a little worried about if I was going to be able to find that right fit. Um, and then I was referred to Justine and it's been bliss since then. Yes. And even (laughs) if it is something you like, I love this aspect of it. I love the accounting. I love the numbers. I still watch it regularly and, you know, see all the things that she does for me Mm -hmm. and appreciate it. But even if you do love and enjoy doing something and your plate is getting too full, it's okay to hand that off. Not only okay, it's necessary at some point. It is. It is. It is necessary. And you just have to prioritize And not to mention you're supporting another woman in business. Mm -hmm. So why not find that amazing person? And Justine is that person for both of us. And we're really grateful that she decided to come on and you're going to get a lot of great advice and tips during this podcast. Yes. It was so great. Enjoy Justine. I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to She's She's the the Boss. All right. So good morning. It feels like a Monday, but it's a Tuesday. Does it feel like a Monday for you? So we just got out of school here last week. So now all the days are the same day. All the days right now. So every day is a Monday. Yep. Yep. Well, we're looking forward to talking to you, Justine. Justine is both of our accountants that we love and trust and appreciate dearly um, and wanted to have you on to discuss 
all things for your business as well as maybe some accounting things that can help others as well. So we awesome. really we appreciate you you coming on here. And I know that I could not do any of our stuff and probably have the IRS after me constantly without Justine. <laughs> so you are invaluable. Yeah, I think what's so great about you is that you just break things down into layman's terms and you never make me feel stupid. <laughs> oh, thank you. I feel like I can ask you questions and you respond with a very simple answer. You don't have to give me the logistics of how it all works and all of this stuff, the stuff that I, I kind of don't care about, but I just <laughs> need to know the answer for. Right. So that's what I appreciate so much. Yes. Yeah. I try to keep it simple because otherwise it just makes it more confusing. Right. Yeah. Well, and I tend to make stuff more confusing. I'll send her a question and I'll be like, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And she's like, re-explain and I re-explain she's like no that's not even applicable I'm like okay got it cool <laughs> great glad I spent all this time doing all that math for no reason yeah so Justine how did your business start and tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and how all of that began sure so um my business kind of started by accident um I was a military spouse at Fort Bragg like so many other people in the Southern Pines area. Uh, and I worked for a kind of larger regional public accounting firm in Fayetteville and was pregnant with my daughter and I went on maternity leave. And then I realized that I just didn't, I wasn't ready to put her in full-time daycare. So I, Never came back from maternity leave and then just started kind of doing little side jobs and slowly growing my business um, very, very slowly, especially with a baby at home and a deployed husband. So um, just over the years, it just grew little by little um, as to being kind of like a side hustle at first, just to, you know, help have some extra money at home and then um, kind of just turned into a whole busy business. I want to smash my head against the wall most days. <laughs> uh, a good problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Uh, I can't complain about it, but, um, you know, it's a full time. You never, you never get any time off when you own a business. Um, it's 24 seven. If, it's not always emails. It's always, you know, on your mind. Um, but I started my business virtually, um, just out of ease. Um, and back in 2012, that wasn't really commonplace. Um, and then we got orders to New Mexico and I reached out to all my local clients and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm, moving across the country and all of them stayed, which was awesome. Um, because I had it set up virtually, there was really no upset in, in service. Uh, so I was able to move the business to New Mexico. We were out there for three years and then my husband retired. So we came back here to, um, Gloucester, Massachusetts. And again, there was no, no interruption in, in service. So, um, 
once COVID hit, I kind of had the perfect setup. Um, everyone was scrambling how to trying to figure out how to make their business work when you couldn't see people in person. And I already had that in place. Um, so that worked out really well. Um, one, the one upside <laughs> to COVID was that um, I got busier um, when everyone else was kind of having downtime. Although it was a good thing and a bad thing. Everyone is like working on themselves and doing all these home projects. And like, I'm helping people try to navigate the PPP loans and unemployment and all that all that craziness. I do remember asking lots of questions and nobody having any answers because we didn't know what was going on. And you're trying to stay abreast on everything that's coming down and trying to understand everything so you can give it to us. Yes. And, um, and it was, it was so confusing because no one knew the government didn't know CPAs didn't know, like we, no one knew and it was changing every day. And even still now, you know, how many years, three years later, we're still dealing with the employee retention credit. And there's so many questions going on about that. And scams. Um, Yeah. Scams are like out of control. Um, It's, it's really bad. Like a lot of people are just preying on people's lack of knowledge around this stuff. And um, people are making a lot of money. um, Scamming people, like a lot of money. Yeah. I think, I think, um, you know, like we talked about, we don't know what we don't know. I think a lot of business owners are savvy in a lot of other ways other than accounting. Um, we know how to make money, but we don't necessarily know the tax law or what we're eligible for or know what is a scam or is not a scam, um, especially when it is a legit thing like the employee retention credit, right? Um, so I'm sure you field a lot of questions on stuff like that yeah because you know you get the the people are pretty um what's the word I'm looking for um relentless they're pretty relentless they'll call they'll email they'll send things in the mail and the court luckily for the most part like you guys like my clients know if someone approaches them with something like that they'll usually run it by me and so, uh, you know, someone will be like, oh, this guy called me. They said I can get up to $100,000 and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, yeah, up to, but you specifically can maybe get 10, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but these, the mills that have popped up to take advantage of this are, um, they're just being really, um, like, flagrant in the, in the claims that they are um, coming up with. And they don't support their clients with the whole audit piece so the IRS is going to start auditing all this stuff and um there's going to be no one there to help you I'm not sure there's any words more terrifying for me (laughs) (laughs) than like IRS audit not because I'm like scared that anything is wrong but just to have to go through that and have it take your time and energy sounds just terrifying yeah well yeah, I mean, we have very little time when we're running a business and then to feel like, oh, we've done it all right. We've hired the right person. And then somebody's going to come in and check it all, all of my folders of receipts and everything. I'm just so obsessive about. So yeah. what is the main thing when, when clients come to you that maybe surprises you that they don't know or that they don't do for accounting for business owners? Oh, 
there's quite a few things. Um, but I mean, the biggest thing is just like lack of organization. Um, and I would say you two ladies are fabulous as far as, oh, you know, cool. cool. <laughs> um, as far as, you know, um, not having every, you know, there's, there's people that bring in a shoebox of receipts and they will, they want me to do something with that. And there are some accounts out there that will, will do something with that, but that's not how I work. Um, but a lot of the confusion is just around like um, what's deductible, right? Um, and a lot of times people will come to me wanting a list. Um, and the bottom line is like, there's no list of things that are deductible or not deductible. I mean, there are some items, but for the most part, if you have an expense in your business, it's deductible. Um, the only part where it starts getting kind of gray is whether uh, when these expenses can also be personal in nature. Mm. Uh, and that's where people um, get confused a lot. But essentially, you know, if you're buying, if you need these supplies for your business, um, then it's a business expense. You know, if you need them, it's an or if it's a necessary thing for you to do your job and make money, then it's a business expense. Um, and then, um, one of the big things too is just keeping something, keeping everything in a business related account. Um, everything gets really gray when you have, you know, all these different personal accounts, maybe you have a business account, maybe you don't. And the, um, expenses are kind of spread everywhere. Um, when you talk about how scary it is the thought of having an audit, well, if you are, mixing up all your personal and business stuff, um, that makes it a lot more tricky and you're more prone to them disallowing things. Whereas if you have a dedicated business account and you keep all of your business expenses in that account, uh, multiple business accounts, then it's a lot cleaner. Um, and you are more, um, unlikely for them to say, Oh, well, you know, I think this might be personal, um, because you've done a good job of keeping that stuff separate. So what does that look like for somebody who's starting a business and their startup costs are coming out of a personal account and then they start generating some revenue into a business account? How does somebody keep those expenses that they paid out of their personal account in order for them to be those business expenses? So, I mean, honestly, in that case, I still would recommend, even if it's a personal account, opening up a second personal account that you only use for business stuff and you just transfer funds in there and spend out of that rather than spending out of an account that you're, you know, paying your mortgage, buying groceries, like all that stuff. I would still try and keep it as separate as possible. But then if you haven't done that, then just saving the receipts, you know, keeping a spreadsheet, listing it out. Um, the IRS is funny. It doesn't say, if you look up, you know, what kind of records do I need? The IRS just says you need records. They mm -hmm. don't say like, oh, it must be receipts. It must be bank statements. It's very gray and open to interpretation. So I would say the the more details you can provide, the better. Uh, the biggest thing being receipts, especially if like you're having meals, um, because that is a very gray area type of thing. If you're having business related meals that you know, um, you can just write on the receipt you know, Caitlin, you know, Caitlin and Sarah had lunch 
peer on this date to discuss the podcast or you know what I mean things like that rather than like just swiping your card every time you go out to dinner and assuming you can just write that off the more details to the transaction you can add the better so I'd imagine that there are apps or something in our day and age where you don't actually have to keep the paper receipt, but you can take a picture of it or something like that. Is there something that you recommend? So I, um, as you guys know, I, I love QuickBooks and there there's all kinds of solutions, whether you're just starting out or whether you're a larger established business. Um, a great, great tool for people that are just starting out is the QuickBooks self-employed app. Um, and you can link it to your bank accounts, but the biggest thing is they have receipt capture. So you can just, you know, Write that little note on your um, receipt, take a picture, it's saved in your books. If you have your bank account linked, it even matches that receipt up with the the bank transaction. So it's all kind of saved together. But yeah, that's, and then there's also options like receipt bank, which that has, I'm not sure the monthly fee on that. I think that really the best option would be something like QuickBooks Self-Employed because it's like $10 a month and you can use it for more than just receipts. Um, And it's a mileage tracker as well, which is super helpful, especially when you're just starting out and you have to drive all these places to get all the things you need. Yes. And that was actually uh, one of our listeners, which sounds so weird to say, (laughs) Um, had a question about just the best mileage tracking tips. If you already have QuickBooks, you may as well just use the mileage tracker that they have because it's included. And there's also another great one called Mile IQ. And basically it's on your phone. It's on all the time. And you have to then go in and audit it and kind of mark, uh, oh, this was personal. This is business related. So it's something you kind of have to um, stay on top of. But every time you get into your car with your phone, it will track your movement. How much does writing off mileage, that is something I do not do like at all because I'm like I'm going to the studio and I'm picking up my kids and then I'm running to Walmart and then I'm picking up some stuff from Walmart for the studio but also my personal groceries and then I'm going home so I can't and I'm a buy the book kind of person so I can't like honestly distinguish (laughs) what was what so I just don't even do the mileage how much could someone possibly be missing out on like myself by not doing mileage at all well it can add up to a lot but one thing is commuting to the office is not deductible. That's a personal expense. So driving to the studio or driving to the school, those are not deductible miles for you. But if you're leaving the school to then go to Walmart and come back, then that would be deductible mileage. Driving, then picking up your kids though in the process, like that gets really muddy. But you can deduct, I forget, the rate changes every year. But as of right now, it's rate about 60 cents per mile. So if you are driving a lot, especially if you're in sales and you're going out to meet clients and things like that, uh, it can add up to a lot. And how do you know, like, I didn't know the difference between going to the studio versus going from the studio to Walmart. I mean, where do, where do people find all of that? Or do they just ask you (laughs) or ask their accountant? Like, where do you find those types of resources to know all of those things? I generally will just direct people to the IRS website. There's just tons of knowledge bases on, um, on these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. What, at what point do you think someone should hire an accountant to for regular monthly business expenses versus just for their taxes. Um, Because I know for me, the first couple years, I didn't 
have you and I would just hire someone to do my taxes. Um, and then when I hired you, you were like, oh, you could have written all of this off and you could have done all of this. But I didn't have anyone monitoring my month to month, day to day things at that time, just because, you know, we were a startup, we were pinching pennies. So do you right. think there's a certain dollar amount, certain employee number. When's a good time to hire someone to help you with the monthly day-to-day things too? I'm a little bit biased. I would say that, I mean, it's one of the first things you should do because you could, there's so much you could miss out on or there's so much, not even just from saving taxes, but just from doing it wrong, um, including all kinds of things that you can't write off or really just from staying organized standpoint, especially when you're starting out, you know, you're so busy. And if you're not keeping up with it, then that can be, that can be a big loss to you if you're not keeping up with it. It's one thing if you, some people love to do their books and they thrive on that and they look at it every day. And if you're that type of person, then maybe you are the type of person that just keeps your own books and gives it to someone at, at year end. But a lot, most people aren't that type of person. So if you're not going to keep up with it yourself, then I think it's something that you should do, you know, from the get go. The businesses that I see that are most successful have hired someone from day one. Well, I think it's a matter of like, what is your time worth, right? For me, it's totally worth paying you to do the monthly stuff. And then I don't have to think about it. I just have to do what's required on my end and then trust that the other side is getting done. And to me, it's worth it to have that freedom to not have to worry about that. Um, Uh And then to have you know, you as a resource to be able to say like, Hey, there's this going on, you know, what would be the best way to do this or, or whatever. It's, it's almost like a, it's like a delegation thing, you Mm -hmm. know, like what's it, what's it worth to get my time back and to know that it's being done right. Cause this is not my jam. Like (laughs) the the details of the numbers on the like accounting and the like computing robot side like (laughs) that is not it for me like again I can I can I'm good at making the money but not figuring out like this goes into this pot and blah 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 you know I yeah I don't know how you're like how you got so into that were you always good with numbers and you loved that stuff I've always been a math person but it's funny because like people when I go out to dinner with my friends like they look to me to like split the check and figure out the tips (laughs) I am not I'm not a, I'm not a math in my head person. I'm good at numbers and relationships between numbers, but I can't add in my head. (laughs) But you're an accountant. What do you mean? I just, it's not my thing, but I've always, I've always been strong at math and my degree was actually in finance. And, you know, I got out of college. Look, I just wanted to make money. That was my goal. I didn't care what I did as long as it, it made a lot of money, which is, in hindsight, like that's not really a great career path. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I think it's a good, it's a good starting point, but that could take you in many different directions. So my first job was working at on the Boston Stock Exchange. I wanted to be a trader and I worked in floor services there. And so it was all basically like customer service to the traders. And that was kind of the path to get onto the trading floor. But they started replacing the traders with um, computers. So, um, oh, wow. right, to, so soon. Yeah. I mean, that was in 2004. Yeah. So once that started happening and all the traders there were scrambling for jobs, me not having the experience of actually trading, I realized that, um, the writing was on the wall there. So I'm like, all right, well, what else can I do to make some money? So I got in the mortgage industry 
So I was a underwriter first and then got into sales. Uh, it was business to business sales. So I was a wholesale executive. So like I sold to loan officers and that was great. But then I moved to, well, then I met my, sorry, let me back up. I've known my husband forever, but then I started dating my husband and he decided to join the army. So um, <laughs> when we first got to Fayetteville, I did work for Countrywide doing mortgages for the first year. But I just, that was around the time of the, um, the market crash in 2008. Mm -hmm. And it got hard to be in mortgage sales when the um, real estate market was crashing. So that's when I kind of reorganized my life and decided to go into accounting because it was stable, but also because there's a, there's a high demand for it. Everyone needs an accountant at some point or another, if you're a business owner. So to make a long story short, I've always been involved in working with numbers. Actually, yeah, it's cool. my first job was a cashier. I worked at the grocery store for seven years as a cashier. So that was like my um, dream job as a child. I really <laughs> wanted to be a grocery checker. Like we would go and I would just be fascinated with like just the movement and the sound and then opening the cash drawer and handing people back their change. I can remember my parents getting me like a, a set of, <laughs> like a grocery set where I could be like beep 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 and, and <laughs> my dream seven years did you like it yeah I mean at the time it was really good money they paid time and a half on Sundays <laughs> so I yes. loved working even college I would come home on the weekend and work on a Sunday but now like looking back on it I I have a good like memory for for numbers I don't know why but like i had memorized all the PLU codes for all of the vegetables. Like I knew them all. I didn't have to look at the sheet. I just knew them all. So I was a really fast checker. So I liked that. <laughs> yes. I love that. One of my, I, I have a couple questions. So you said you started small and I mean, you clearly do a great job at it. Were you having to say no to a lot of clients that were approaching you so that you could keep your business kind of small or did it just slowly grow on its own organically. And I know now you have to say no, um, to people. Yeah. How do you choose? And, you know, we talked about boundaries a lot in, in the past, how do we choose who to say no to, who to say yes to, you know, do you keep a running lead list in case you lose a good client so that you can go back to those people? How do you determine all of that? Um, so it's funny at the beginning, actually, I was saying yes to all the wrong clients. And that was really bad. And it was a real big, you know, time suck for me, but I was growing. So I was, I didn't feel like I had the luxury to say no, you know, and I was ending up with all these clients and like major IRS issues. And I found that if they're not paying their taxes, they're not paying me either. I changed a lot about my billing at that point because I would do loads of work and then send out an invoice and never get paid. So that's why I changed to the whole, uh, you know, I quote up front, I bill up front, and now there's no problems. I learned one of the things, if you look at my contact form on my website, one of the questions is like, you have to check off, like, I don't have um, like outstanding issues with the IRS, or I don't have cash flow issues. And if someone doesn't check that off, that's a red flag for me to be like, oh, maybe that's not a good fit. Sure. But I just, I grew slowly basically just through referrals over time. And like, it's funny, I found Caitlin, you know, I found you Sarah through Caitlin, Caitlin, I found through Ashley, 
Ashley, I found through um, Malia and Fayetteville that have the cloth diaper store who I met through bringing my kid in there, you know? So it's just like, it was organic growth over time. And my best way of growing has been through referrals. Like I know if Caitlin sends someone to me that they're solid and it's the type of person that I would want to work with because that's the type of people that she surrounds herself with. You know, like I know that I'm getting a solid referral that way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Little winky faces over here. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, uh, and I have other clients like that too, where like I will pretty much like if you, if you have come from to me through a specific person, then like, it's pretty much unequivocally yes. Whereas if someone has found me just off a of Google search, I'm a little bit more like wary of, um, of those ones because they haven't been vetted, you know, and sometimes it works out awesome, but the ones that don't work out seem to be the ones that have found me kind of like, like cold in a cold way. My other big question, which is, related, but not related. A lot of times I'll ask you something and you'll say, Oh, that's something for your financial advisor. And I was talking about something the other day with my husband's cousin, who is also an accountant. And she goes, Oh, that's something for a tax attorney, not necessarily accountant. Is there any like huge pillar pillar thing you can kind of tell us like, this is what I'm specifically for. If you need this, go to a financial advisor. If you need this, go to a tax attorney. So I would say there is a, a clearer line between an accountant and a financial advisor or a financial planner and a less clear line between a CPA and a tax attorney. Because as a CPA, I, can, I am licensed by the tax court. So I can represent you in court as a tax attorney can. But but tax attorneys more so will deal with um, larger IRS issues, and that's what they do all day. So they're more of like a more of like a niche expert versus you know like yes I can do that, but most of what I do is just the average tax return, payroll services, um, you know, bookkeeping, sales tax, uh, the more like day to day type things. You generally would hire a tax attorney when your CPA has kind of like hit a wall with dealing with the IRS on your behalf. Mm. So it's more of a Hail Mary kind of <laughs> help me thing, not necessarily somebody you need to contact to advise for certain things, as long as you have a good CPA. Yes. And, and there also, there's a difference between a CPA and accountant. And a lot of people don't really know the difference. As a CPA, I had to take a, an extensive test. Uh, I would liken it to like the bar exam uh, with an attorney. Uh, and we have to do 80 hours of, uh, well, it varies by state, but in Massachusetts, we have to do 80 hours of continuing education every two years to renew our license. And we could lose our license. I could, you know, if I got caught drunk driving or, um, you know, got a, any type of like felony arrest or something like that, which it's not going to happen. But <laughs> if it did happen, you know, I could lose my license. Whereas, and then I would just be, I would be an accountant. And an accountant is generally just someone who has, um, you know, a, a degree in accounting. Sometimes they don't, sometimes they do. They should at least probably have some type of financial background. And then a financial planner, that's who you're going to talk to on investing related things. You know, whether you want to um, set up a workplace retirement plan or um, an IRA, uh, 529 plans, 
Um, and also the financial planners also do a, some of them are more holistic and will do budgeting with you and savings plans and not just the actual investing, but kind of managing, I would say managing your personal finances, whereas I am more so managing your business finances, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we have a few questions that okay. <laughs> that have been asked. Um, what are some things that small businesses can do to make their CPA's life easier? Biggest thing is to stay organized, not mixing your personal and business together. The like the biggest headache I see is when I go to you know uh, reconcile someone's business account and there's like 50% of the stuff is personal, like very clearly personal, like shopping or getting your hair done and, you know, uh, groceries. So that makes me, when there's a lot of personal stuff, that then makes me question everything. Because when there are things that I would normally assume in the business account as a business expense, once you've added all those personal things in there, um, that makes me have to question that. And then I end up flagging a buy until send it back to you and then have you, you know, let me know as personal business. And is that basically follows along with what I was saying with the IRS. Um, they look at it that same way. So yeah, the biggest thing I, is, is keeping things separate, keeping things organized, um, being able to answer what something is, you know, if I see a transaction that I can't, I'll usually do a Google search on the vendor. I'm like, okay, this is, you know, school supplies. All right. I can figure that out. But if it's something I can't clearly determine, I'll be like, Hey, can here are these list of things. Can you tell me what they are? Um, and the smaller that list is, the easier my job is. Sure. Ooh. We've had that. Yeah. We've get- had, uh, we do, you know, um, kind of retreats or, or we go to like events and stuff like that with some of our admin team. And you've been like, what is this Airbnb? Like, (laughs) and I know you trust me, but it's also like, let's be on the same page as far as what this is for, you know? Um, but I think in general, we do fairly good with that because I know what's expected of me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And my list has gotten smaller every year. I think last year I only mm-hmm. had four things on it. I'm mm-hmm. super excited. Proud of yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get the yeah. hang of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as far as making, making the life easier, you know, sometimes I have super stressed, like I'll send my husband to go get something and he won't have my business card. So he uses his personal card. And I'm like, oh, no, Justine's going to be so mad. I'm going to have to do this transfer and leave this note and try not to give you more work. But that is an example of like when that stuff happens, you still just have to be clear about it. Like, you know, he went to buy all the recital flowers and I forgot to give him my business card. Mm-hmm. And so he had to use our personal and that's a big business expense. So I'm going to make sure we write it off. So we just have to do a payment and transfer and put a note in there for her to be able to see that. So it's just really important to keep those good records and make sure you do it super clear. And then sometimes he throws receipts out. So then I don't do it because I don't want to <laughs> get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people forget when that happens. And you know, because you want the deduction, so you're on top of it, and you make sure that we get it captured. But a lot of people just, I mean, I do it myself sometimes. I use my personal card for something, and I just forget all about it. Same. Um, 
Yep. Do the same. Or I've also accidentally done it the other way. Like I didn't realize my personal PayPal or my business PayPal was logged in, not my personal on my phone. And I've paid for something and I'm like, oh crap, wait, that was the wrong account. So yeah, you got to do it both ways and just kind of stay on top of it. Yeah. So I think paying attention is probably a really big thing. Yes. Pay attention and that will make your CPA's life easier. Yes. Um, are there three biggest mistakes that you see small businesses make? I know this kind of all probably rolls into the same conversation. Waiting too long to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on one second. <laughs> There's a child. <laughs> we get the child. Mm-hmm. Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. (laughs) That's what you can do when they're older, right? You're like, you're fine. You're not dying. No one's bleeding. Just leave me alone. Just a few minutes. They came home so I could hear like the creaking Mm -hmm. outside the door. Outside the door wanting to know what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another question that was asked, and you kind of just talked about this, but, um, you know, if somebody's business revolves around kind of their personal brand, and um, are things deductible like clothes or um, getting your hair done or things like that? You know, there's so many influencers now, right? This has probably opened up a huge door that was not around 10 years ago. So is that something that is deductible? No. It's, so it's opened up a huge door for abuse. And what it also has opened up is all these like, TikTok, oh uh, yeah, TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> TikTok tax influencers that put out bad information. Um, and I actually just listened to a podcast the other day um, on like the top five um, TikTok tax myths. But one of them is that that you can write off, um, you know, appearance-related things. And um, there, this has always been an area of abuse. And something that comes up all the time when talking about it is this tax court case from 2011 for a news anchor who was wanted to write off her facials and her manicures and her um, hair appointments and her wardrobe. And like, yes, of course, like I would definitely be on screen all the time if I could write off all those things. You know, I'd find a way to, to build that into my mm-hmm. business because. Who wouldn't want to write off that stuff? And um, it's very rare that under audit, the IRS will approve that kind of stuff. Because basically, if it can benefit you outside of the workplace, even if you wouldn't normally do it, it just the fact that you could, like, for instance, with, with wardrobe, this news anchor, you know, she bought all these like nice higher end, but very conservative clothes um, for her uh, time on air and wanted to write it all off and they disallowed that uh, and she said well I wouldn't wear that stuff normally but it doesn't matter because you, you could wear it um, the time where you can write it off is more so when it's like costumes you know like you're mm. a performer and you're costumes and there is um, and you might have to edit this part out but I'll tell you the story anyway you can choose to <laughs> keep it or not uh, one example that always comes up is uh, an exotic dancer who got uh, breast enhancement surgery and her draw was the, the 
size of her breasts. And so, uh, because she went like way overboard and they, they actually accepted that as a write-off because that was so vital to her making money. Wow. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's why people came and saw her. Yes. But if somebody has a work uniform that's required, they can write that off. Correct. How does Um, this stuff work with minors? I'm asking personally, like I have to you know, get stuff for my son because he works at Chick-fil-A, but he doesn't have to pay income tax. Right. So back prior to 2018, you used to be able to write off employee business expenses. So mileage required by your employer, not going to and from work, but if you had to drive around, like if you were in sales, uniforms, um, business licenses that you were required to have, like real, like if you were a W-2 real estate agent, you know, all the continuing ed and uh, licensing fees, you could write all that stuff off um, prior to 2018. And then when the Tax and Jobs Act came through, then the employee business expense deduction was wiped out. So for an employee, no, to back up to your question, no, because he's your child, you can't write it off. But if he was filing his own taxes, he used to be able to write that off, but now he can't. But all those changes from 2018 are going to sunset in 2025. So we might see that stuff come back or they may continue it. Mm-hmm. But we'll see a bunch in 25. Can't wait. <laughs> I love tax. <laughs> Um, we had somebody else ask if you were taking new clients and I think you've answered that a little bit, but do you want to elaborate? Sure. I mean, yeah, the right client and they have to be, if you guys could clone yourselves, (laughs) then I, I would take a million uh, of you guys, but yeah, for the, the right size client. Yes. Uh, I am saying no more than ever, but more so for clients either being too big or, um, needing too much or, um, and I'm also not taking any tax only clients. So I'm only taking clients that I work with on a monthly basis. Okay. We'll keep that in mind. I feel very flattered (laughs) by the way. And that really helps with my imposter syndrome because I have this complex around, I think money. Um, I'm like, I think money. Yes, she does. (laughs) You know, again, I think I'm fairly good at, at making it and, but I, I don't feel as competent in my ability to do what I need to do for you. So for you to say that to me is like a very big compliment. So thank you. (laughs) The big things are, first of all, just personality wise, you know, I enjoy working with the both of you. Likewise. Also just thanks. (laughs) Uh, But you know, if I ask you to get something for me, you get it. It's not like weeks, months, whatever down the road, like you're responsive or even if it's just like, you know, I don't know where that is. I'll find it. Like, I appreciate that. And I try to do the same with my own clients. If if nothing else, I try to communicate clearly and quickly, even if it's like, I don't have the answer to that right now. Um, So like, for me, that's a two way street. Like I try to give that to my clients, but I really enjoy my clients do the same for me versus when I have to email like over and over and over and over again and not get an answer. And crazy sometimes happens because we all forget, but it's, it's tough when someone has hired you to do something for them and they like won't communicate with you. So you can't really do the job. That's why I do stuff right away. As soon as you say something, cause I will forget, like if I don't do it right then I will forget. Cause it's not my normal day to day kind of thing. So yeah, that's, 
the main reason. I'm like, everybody leave me alone. <laughs> I've got to do this for Justine <laughs> or else it'll get shuffled in a pile of papers from kindergarten class and it won't get done. So I have to do stuff that way, even though it might not be emotionally healthy. <laughs> Whole different topic. Whole different topic. <laughs> so Justine, you're completely virtual. Um, do you find, I mean, obviously at this point it's, it's not a, a problem, but, um, like I've had people be like, you know, who do you use as your CPA? Do you like her? Blah, blah, blah. And the second that they find out that you are not local and they can't go sit down with you, they are like stopped dead in their tracks. Like, how do you do that? How do you like you don't meet with her in person? And to me, it seems totally normal because everything is pretty digital anyway. So do you find that people have like an, a, an aversion to that at all? Oh, yeah. Big time. And then they're just not the right client for me. Sure. Uh, but I've I try to send everyone who's interested in working with me through my website as like a buffer so they can see like, oh, this is how she does things. This is how it's set up. Um, this is how services will be delivered. And that way they can weed themselves out, you know, from the get go, um, because it's very clear that that's how I, I at least I hope it's clear that that's how I work. Um, and one of the things you have to answer in the contact form is like, like, are you okay with a hundred percent virtual, you know, delivery of services or whatever? And, um, I've had people say no on the contact form. I'm like, well, Hey, like, I appreciate you reaching out, but if you're not okay with this, then this won't work because this is just how I do things, you know? So yeah, a lot of people do have the aversion to that, but there, that there are plenty of accounts out there and that I'm just not the one for you. Uh, I don't get it. You know, like, I don't understand why they need to physically be sitting across from me. Because it's not like I won't meet with you. Like, we can do this. We can talk. It has to be planned out beforehand. Like, you can't just walk into my office and catch me off guard, you know. And my schedule's all over the place, too, because I'm a mom, you know. So I need to kind of uh, plan meetings ahead of time. But I don't, I don't quite understand the mindset of, like, me seeing you versus through a screen versus me seeing you like physically like I don't I don't really know why that matters but I think it's a security thing security but it's probably also the shoebox receipts or sure. the written books because especially right. with the older generation mm -hmm. they that's how many of them still do their business it's handwritten books taking checks many of them still don't take credit cards so it's not even all automatically processing yeah. They're like, right. how am I going to give you my receipts? Yeah. <laughs> right. You're not. <laughs> yeah, you don't want them. <laughs> I don't want them. Yeah. And even like, um, cause I was talking to my mother-in-law, they own a business and telling her about our taxes. And we were talking about how her accountant always files an extension. And I'm like, why, <laughs> you know? And it's, I'm like, all I do is just take a picture and upload it and put it on our portal and then it gets done. And like just that kind of stuff for some people, they've just aren't used to it. And it, it just blew her mind. So yeah, it's a whole and mindset shift. Like most of my clients are like around like peers, essentially, like, you know, I'm in my 40s and that the bulk of my clients are also in their 40s or younger. I have a few older clients, but for the most part, like they're of the mindset that like that's they need to be able to like 
hand me papers and um, I hate papers. <laughs> yeah. So, Or just, it's so nice having you handle stuff all throughout the year and, you know, doing the quarterly stuff and, and just taking care of all of that for us. Because when it comes tax time, it's not like I've got to get all this stuff together. It's just like as stuff comes in the mail, I put it in a folder and then I take a day and take pictures and upload it and then it's done. So it's definitely worth the investment to hire you and you just take care of it. And it's one less stressor in, in our lives about worrying whether or not even if the IRS did come, I'm not worried about it. Just a little knock on wood there. A little knock on wood. <laughs> like knock. to tempt the universe. No. I mean, and that's one of the things, too, is that if the IRS comes, you know, they talk to me, you know, and I give them I give them what they need and we clear it up. And, and that's that because we're doing things the right way. But also um, the same way, like it makes it easier for you. That's the why I like to only work with clients on a monthly basis now, because then come January, we, we close out December books and then we're ready to do the tax return. So I like to, I mean, most of my corporate returns, unless we're missing a piece of information or whatever, are done by the middle of February. And that's the only way I can accommodate doing the individual returns that I have, because I need to get all that out of the way. Um, and also... Again, being, being a mom, you know, I have an 11 year old and an eight year old. I need to be slower in the summer because they're off. So I don't want to be doing extended returns. I have a handful, which is fine. It keeps me like still busy and having work to do, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to extend you as much as you don't want to be extended. Yeah. I like the way things go. It doesn't feel like a freak out at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Um, it is summertime. You've got two kids at home. You work from home. What does that look like for you to manage that? A little bit crazy. You know, I feel, uh, my schedule is like just so segmented and all over the place. Like, whereas normally during the school year, drop them off eight o'clock work until pickup at two 30. And then I'm kind of like, I still fill in with stuff in the afternoons, but it's most of my work is done while they're at school. In the summertime, it's more so I plan around their camps. So like this week, no one's at camp. So um, like after we're done here, I'm probably not going to do much else today other than hang out with them. But my youngest, my 11-year-old is pretty self-sufficient at this point in time. Um, But my 8-year-old starts camp on Monday. So like I'll do a lot of work next week. Um, So it's just a lot of like getting, getting the work done when they're at camps and trying to hang out with them when they're not. Yeah. We know what that's like. Yep. That's the joy <laughs> of being in business for yourself though, <laughs> right. is having the freedom to do that. And even though people will freak out about money, it's still not a life and death situation where it has to be responded to this second. <laughs> Hopefully not for most people. And it sounds like, you know, you set yourself up like you were saying when you work with clients monthly, you know, your summers are going to be kind of a lull season for you. And you make sure that it's that way because you prioritize your kids during the summer. And I have staff. So like my, my staff for the most part are doing the monthly recurring bookkeeping stuff and then following up with me with the questions. So like I am checking after them, but they're doing the actual like work of it. Um, And it's just more so me managing it. Um, But I'm also a slave to my phone. So I'm on email 
all day, every day. So even if I'm with my kids, you know, I'm still checking in. So it's not like I'm disappearing when I'm with them. Um, I'm just not doing the technical work as much when they're home. Sure. You're still in communication with clients. Yes. But yeah, that's the, the beauty of having your own business is you can, you can do that. Absolutely. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs> you have anything else we want to chat about? I don't have any further questions. Do you have any other just big words of advice or? My big word of advice would just be like, be organized. Mm-hmm. Be organized. Don't wait too long to get organized. You know, start with good practices of organization from day one. And um, your life will be a lot easier. And when you decide to hire an accountant, theirs will be too. And they'll charge you less. If you are a hot mess, um, it's going to cost you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably in more ways than one, because you've not kept the accurate records all along anyways. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much. We appreciate you and value you, um, as we mentioned at the beginning. Yes. Love you. Thank you for being... um, just so simple with us and <laughs> not making it hard and being personable because I feel like you don't get both. I feel like you either get like the hardcore numbers and details or you get the the personality and the customer service to go with it. And you really embody both. And I value that so much. Thank you. That's <laughs> so nice to hear. <laughs> All right. Well, happy Tuesday which will really be Monday when this airs. <laughs> yep. And when can we, or where can people find your website? What is your website and all of that information? All right. So my website is modernreckoning.com. And you recently and rebranded that, correct? Yes. So I was Justine Elari CPA PC. Um, and that was boring. And also, you know, the, it was just me for a long time. Um, and that was fine. And I felt like I needed to have the word CPA in my business name for that, like validation that I was, you know, legit, you know, for that whole imposter thing, you know, but especially now that I have team, you know, it's not just me. So I didn't think it was fair to them that the business was my name when there's other people here, but also I just didn't feel like I needed, I'm at that point that I didn't need that validation of having CPA to like in my business name to prove myself. So, uh, we switched to modern reckoning. Uh, the definition is right on my website, but reckoning is essentially an archaic form of, um, accounting. It's just, um, it's really just billing and checking accounts, but we do things in a very modern way with the way we digitally deliver our services. So that's where modern reckoning came from. I love that. Yeah. And I love the, the journey of, you know, realizing you don't have to call yourself a CPA in everything to be able to prove yourself. And I think that happens like throughout your thirties, you feel more comfortable with who you are, the, the value you provide, and you don't feel like you constantly have to prove yourself to everybody and earn clients and all of that. So I, I love that. It only took me 10 years. <laughs> yeah, so but that sounds about right. All of my thirties. I was 31 when I um, started the business. So yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. We're going through the same thing. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much, Justine. We really appreciate your time um, and your knowledge. 
and um, hopefully our our listeners will get a lot out. I know, not hopefully, they will get a lot out Mm -hmm. of this because um, the information and advice you give is so helpful. So everyone be organized. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.